You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Make a confession, start the series out, start the message out with a confession. It's going to take some honesty on your part, and I'm going to make you declare it online. Wake the neighbors up, drop a comment. We're going to say, drop this in a comment. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Say it with me with all you got. Say, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Uh-huh. Say it like you say it one more time. Say, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. And fam, if you're a part of it, I'm talking my staff, leadership, spouses of staff and leadership, my family, staff, all in-laws. I got some brother watching online. Share this video because we are going to speak the hope of Emmanuel God with us and we are not going to apologize for it. And let's face it, you share about you, you share your beautiful kids, your incredible spouse or your not so incredible spouse that you want to act like they're incredible. You do all that. Why not share the real deal? Tell somebody I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to do this. My mama Scudder used to, uh, she used to say pointing was rude. No, point to your neighbor right now. Don't care if it's a stranger next to you or the person you lay in bed with at night. Point to him and say, you're thirsty. Man, you are thirsty, every one of us. We might as well start this thing off with honesty so that you don't listen to me preach this message and think I'm talking to everybody else. I got some church people, good church people probably right now saying, saying, oh, God is good. I'm thankful. You're thirsty too. Boy, you're thirsty too. Matter of fact, hey, let's face it. First step to uh, healing is admitting there's a problem, right? So on, let's make this confession together right now. Uh, with everything you got, when I count to three, we're going to, no, actually, I'm going to say it right now. Just say it. I'm thirsty and I know it. Now, I'm going to online drop a comment, say it, wake your, wake your spouse up that slept through church, at least you're up watching. We gonna, when I count to three, we're going to say it with everything we got, and you're going to say it just like the song goes. Y'all ready? One, two, three. I'm thirsty and I know it. Oh, man, you're thirsty. And I'm going to tell you how add I got up here today. Uh, I forgot to get the gift from under the tree. I was going to have a little gift. It's okay. Nobody go get it. Let's stay here and grow together. I'm going to have a gift right here, so can we just pretend this here? It's my life these days. Just pretend this is a gift. This cannot be your reason. This cannot be your reason. God has been good to you. He's given you, whether you see it or not, I hope you see it. Your gifts, your abilities, your dreams, your ambitions. It's all beautiful. Your accomplishments. God has been good to you, but this, matter of fact, hold it up right now so I don't look so stupid. We can look stupid together. Say, this cannot be your reason. Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above, but your gift cannot be your reason. Your gift cannot be your reason because Jesus is the reason for every season. And I'm preaching this series because it won't really change much in your life until he becomes your reason. But what we are is thirsty. Thirsty. And your gifts cannot be your reason. And if, and if anything other than Jesus is your reason, you're going to stay thirsty. Matter of fact, let's start this series out. First scripture, let's go traditional Christmas, uh, Christmas scripture because Jesus is your gift. He's my gift. He's your gift. And until you realize it and make him your reason, you will stay unsatisfied until you are satisfied in him. You're going to stay thirsty and it's a setup. You don't even realize it. 
So let's go old school. Traditional prophet Isaiah actually is so old school that the prophet Isaiah talked about the baby Jesus 800 years before the baby Jesus. A baby Jesus because he knew those things. He, he kind of knew what God was doing. Isaiah said, we read it every Christmas. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. I'm, this is for free. I ain't preaching on this today. Notice it said the government will be on his shoulders. Not your social media feed, not the stances and stands you're willing to take and the bridges and friendships you're willing to ruin and burn because of it. It clearly says the government will be on his shoulders. Whose shoulders? Jesus' shoulders. So go ahead and tell somebody, quit being thirsty. His shoulders. Christmas verse. We quote it every year, all the time, but we don't do it. We go out there and try to prove our point. I'm done. That was free. That was free. Be quiet. That's all we need to do, all of us. Just be quiet. And his name will be called, because this is what I'm preaching on, wonderful, counselor. Oh, my gosh, you're trying to, you confiding in everybody else. You want everybody else to, to affirm you and believe in you. You want, you, you want to tell everybody else something because you're fishing for everything else, and it says that he is counselor. Got no discretion. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You're thirsty for the wrong thing. Tell somebody right now my title say you're thirsty for the wrong thing. You are thirsty for the wrong thing. This is who Jesus is. This is Christmas, and we're going to see it the next several weeks. This is Christmas. (coughs) This is who he is. He is wonderful, counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace. You got no peace because he's not your reason. He's got to be our reason. Man, there's a lot of people and a lot of people sitting right here. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm guilty of it in a lot of seasons. You love Jesus, man, but he's not your reason. You're a Christian, man. Man, you can, hey, who can, man, we die, go be with Jesus. Why not live with him right here? Because that's the promise of Christmas. Yeah, hey, you, you, hey, you come to church consistently or semi-consistently. Uh, you're, hey, your, script, your social media uh, game is on point. Your scripture memorization game is on point. You can talk it, act like it, come to church like it. But at the end of the day, he is not your reason. Tell somebody I'm thirsty. You're thirsty. We're thirsty for the wrong thing. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus is the reason for this season. But your life doesn't change until you begin to discover that he's your reason and allow him to be your reason. Because we're going to see hope isn't something that it's something given. But just like any gift, you got to open it up and do something, whether you're going to sit it on the shelf and let it just rot. Tell somebody I'm thirsty. Mm, but not to, we're going we're gonna to shift that thirst right now. John, first John, John was the closest human being to Jesus in his ministry. Best friend, BFF, so much so that when Jesus was dying on the cross, he was the only one that stayed and took care of his mama while she watched him die. John says this, just wanted to give you that authority because this is what John says. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. You may love him, but it ain't in you. It ain't changed you. For the world offers only a craving Well, you see that only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving. It didn't say it offers it. It says it offers a craving, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. O-M-J. 
Man, I'm telling y'all, like, I, I tell my brother, or I tell my son, Garrett, sometimes a lot. I said, that's not really 2021 of you. This right here is as 2021 as it gets. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people say that with me crave. The things you're thirsty for are going to fade away. It's never going to be enough. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. You start thirsting for him, being seeking him, being satisfied in him. I'm telling you, it changes the game. Jesus is the reason, but I'm going to tell you, he's about to become our reason even more so than ever before and even more next year. Y'all ready, Catalyst? Tell somebody, I'm tired of being thirsty. John. John said, man, this craving, that it gives you this craving. That's what it offers, a craving. Craving, man, you crave it, you want it, and it leaves you wanting more. That's what cravings are. Uh, hey, pregnant women, you've been pregnant in here. You know, you get cravings. I got some women that can say amen and let me pick on them a minute. Not many. They all shy and sensitive. Craving. Hey, oh yeah, chubby boys get cravings too. I'm just picking on girls right now because it makes more sense. You should have seen me at the Thanksgiving table. It'd be like, Psh. you ain't got to be pregnant. You pregnant with that doggone dressing. I ain't got on a scale yet, so I'm not grieving. I'll do that tomorrow. Cravings, man. My wife, my wife, when she was um, Angie, when she was pregnant with the kids, she got a craving for Mexican food. And that craving apparently was prophetic. Completely prophetic. Here's why. <laughs> I feel like I've eaten, I feel like I've eaten more Mexican food the last seven years than the previous 29 before. I'm sick of Mexican food. Man, I, man, I'm sick of it all the time. Apparently, she was craving it because the kids were going to crave it. They could never get enough of it. I'm like, y'all going to make me hate tacos. First two years of marriage, I'm like, oh, my God, Taco Tuesday. No, let's, let's shift this. Taco first Tuesday of the month. This is getting ridiculous because it ain't just Taco Tuesday. It's Lazy Donkey Wednesday and whatever and whatever Thursday. Get out of here. Go make me hate. I love tacos until I married you. Cravings, man. They can't never get enough of it. By the way, I'm going to throw this teaser out. Uh, mark your calendars. Details to come. January 9, 2022 is Cinco de Catalyst, y'all. Uh, Catalyst turns five years old. And we are, you can eat tacos till you throw up. And we are going to celebrate. I've already, I got up in the middle of the night about three weeks ago. And God just gave me a scripture and some word that I've been working on. I can't wait because we are Catalyst. It's in the building. And almost, we're going to celebrate what God's doing in all of our lives, what he's yet to do and what he's doing right now. It's going to be a great day. We're going to have fun. And you can throw up tacos all day long. And then after that... After that, invite somebody, just like Christmas. If Catalyst has affected you, why don't you invite somebody? Why are y'all scared and shy? Everybody else is, so why don't you stop being? After that, I'm going to tell my family, no more taco first Tuesday of the month. We're doing like taco once a year for a minute. <laughs> Cravings, man. They want it, and then they can't get enough of it, and then before you know it, I've had all I can take. I don't even let Garrett choose dinner anymore. I don't ever say to Garrett, hey, what do you want mama to cook for dinner? Because he's going to say tacos. I'm going to say never. Never again. He eats what we decide to cook. And if she wants tacos, I ain't going to argue too much. Man, John says, man, it's a craving. It's a craving. 
When you're thirsty for everything other than him, even the good things, I'm not even talking about the bad things, I'm talking about the things that are sincerely what God gave you to do and to accomplish and the yearnings that he put in your heart. When that becomes your reason, you're going to be thirsty. And even the good things, not just the dysfunctional things, the incredibly awesome things that God has called you to do, when it becomes your reason, it is a craving and you will never have enough. It will never be enough. It is a tease. It is a trap. And John says, not just the world is going to fade away. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But these cravings, John says, the world ain't just passing away. Your cravings will pass away. It'll never, ever, 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 ever be enough. And I'm going to tell you, you're thirsty for the wrong thing. Tell somebody next to you, say, you're thirsty for the wrong thing. Online, all my catafam traveling, listen to me. You are thirsty for the wrong thing. Jesus said... If you drink of the water I give, you will never thirst. He said that it will um, spring up in you a fountain, or a fountain will spring up in you, uh, springing up to everlasting life. When he's your reason, you will begin to walk in any situation and season, no matter what they do to you, you will recover, you will rebuild, you will be bigger because that, they are not your reason. That season is not your reason. What they did to you or didn't do for you is not your reason. He is your reason. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life to the overflow. Not just enough, more than enough. John says, cravings leave you wanting more. You can have all the success and money and respect that the world has to offer. I'm going to tell you something, it'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. And what we do is we live our lives, we are thirsty for the wrong things, and we end up living starving and thirsty. We're wanting everything except the reason. And Jesus is the reason. You can sing about it. You can raise your kids to believe it. But until you believe it, it is not going to become reality for you. Emmanuel, God with us, he can be right in front of you on Sundays, just like Connor said, Lord, make us aware. He has blessed you. He is here. But until you take him up on that, it is not going to change you until it becomes your reason. And we are thirsty. We are thirsty. And I want you to know this, because this is what I'm going to spend the rest of the message on. You won't stop living thirsty until you stop drawing from wells that leave you thirsty. I'm going to say this one more time. And if you, don't, if you don't have a bulletin or if you're online, I want you to write it down. You can download the notes on the Catalyst Church app. You won't stop living thirsty until you stop drawing from wells that leave you thirsty. Tell somebody I'm thirsty. You are thirsty. You're thirsty for acknowledgement, approval, and affirmation. That's the first thing we're going to dig in, y'all. We're about to grow. Tell somebody I'm ready to hear from the Lord. Say it like you want it. Say it like I'm ready to hear from you, Lord. Now, say it. Say it. Say it loud. Say I'm ready to hear from you, Lord. Oh, he's got a crazy package up here, but I, I pray every week, God, use my craziness and just say something that you want to say. I don't know why he chose me, but I'm grateful that he wants to use me because I don't know what else I'd do. Mark chapter 10 says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were disciples, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they're talking to Jesus. They said, We want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, When you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you. One of your, one, um, um, one on, the one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. 
Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I'm about to be baptized with? He's talking about the way I'm going to die and the way, what they're going to do to me. Jesus, you'll make it 2021. 20, Jesus is saying, hold my beer. You cannot handle what you're asking right now. You just think you can handle it. God is not going to bless you with something that will crush you. You may want it, but if you can't handle it, God is saying, boys, you don't know what you're asking me. But they're still cocky, just like we are. Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from the bitter cup and be baptized by my baptism of suffering. Because they would, all of them would die. But they would be faithful and they would be obedient because they would grow from this perspective. And Jesus would completely become the reason so they would have peace, change the world, and leave the world changed because they were changed. Then Jesus told them, oh, excuse me, start back. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. He says, I ain't making any promises for the Father. Man, I wish we'd stop making promises, especially for people that are pressuring us and putting too much on us. When the 10 other disciples had heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. You know why? They were thirsty too. You know why? You're thirsty too. Tell the person next to you, say, you thirsty too? Tell the person that you just ignored, tell, tell, this message is for you too. All 10 of them, they were mad. They were mad that John and James would say something because they were thirsty. Insecure. So Jesus called them together and said, he was going to set this precedent now. He was going, hey, we're just going to set this for straight. He said, you know that the rulers of this world lorded over their people. Ain't nothing changed, y'all. And officials flaunt their authority over, the, over those under them. He says, this is how the world works. They undermine. They un they're underhanded. They try to fight their way to the top. Uh-uh. <laughs> he said, that's how everybody else works. He says, but among you, it will be different. <laughs> he says, you want to follow me? You want to do things? The you want to follow me? You want me to be your reason? We don't do things that way. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. This is Jesus saying, I didn't even come for that. And give his life as a ransom for many. This should be our reason when he's our reason. But what happens is, is we thirst for acknowledgement, approval, and affirmation from other people. All the time. We fish for it, even in the good relationships. Our spouses, our parents, what they didn't give us, we always want them to give something. They ain't given it to us in 50 years. Why, why, why are you still going to that well? It is a setup to stay thirsty, y'all. It is a setup to, to, to stay thirsty. And you've got to hear me right now. You've got to hear me because this has hope in it. But you've got to be honest with your heart because we all do this. So I don't want you to get your feelings hurt because I'm telling you, healing doesn't happen until you're truly honest with where you are and what we act like sometimes and why we act like it. You ready? We truly, a lot, many times, maybe some of us all the times, you give to be seen. You do the right thing to be acknowledged. You were better to people that benefit you and, you and you stop investing as much when they don't benefit you like they once did. You are hungry for more accomplishments and accomplishments are what feeds your tank. You walk around, 
You say, I, you, 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 you care what everybody thinks. You just like to post all the time that you don't care what anybody thinks. And some of you are louder. Some of you are more passive aggressive with that. But you care what people think. So quit talking like you don't. You are hungry for affirmation, acknowledgement, approval. You want it from your mama, your daddy. You want it from everybody. You want to feel significant. You are thirsty. Every one of us are. It looks a little different, but it's the same. You're thirsty. It's a tease. You can walk around being a walking contradiction, saying you love Jesus, but never really experiencing what he has for you. You are thirsty. And until you shift those thirsts, you are going to live thirsty and stay thirsty and one day die thirsty, having never lived. Tell somebody I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Jesus says, boys, we do things different. I'm going to shift this right now, guys. By the clean house. If you don't want to stay, you don't have to stay. But he says, disciples, we're about to change this up because we, I, don't, you got, I got to be your reason. He says very clearly, he says, you want to be great? We're not going to be underhanded. We're not going to undermine. We're not going to be manipulated. We're not going to constantly fish for everything that is found in me. And if you truly believe and want to stay, this is how we're going to do it. He says, you want to be great? Quit trying to be great. The greatest among you will be your servant. The son of man came not to serve, to to be served, but to serve. He literally is telling them, this is how we're going to do. This is how the kingdom of God works. This is how you stand above. This is how they would, everybody would kill Jesus, kill them. But that nation would eventually come to Christ after they were all killed. Because they understood their reason. And they didn't try to work it like everybody else works. He says, quit trying so hard. Quit trying to be noticed. Quit trying to, to, to be passive aggressive so that your boyfriend or girlfriend will, will see you. So that your boss will see you. Stop it. Quit trying so hard. The Bible says that Jesus took the form of a slave, a servant. Literally translates slave. It says that Jesus thought equality with God was nothing to cling to. You know what that means? It means he didn't play the God card. He was God. He didn't play the God card. We play the God card. Oh man, I've seen it so many times in church. Instead of having a real conversation about why you're leaving the church or whatever I've seen in every church I've been in, what they do is, oh, God's just telling me to move in different directions. You can't even break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend without pulling a God card. It's cowardice. And you, you have no reason to be cowardice. Be honest because the God of the universe lives in you just like he does me. And it says, he says, you want, to try, you, want, you want to really be thirsty for me? You want to start shifting your thirst and start being satisfied? Quit trying so freaking hard. The king of kings that first Christmas didn't come as a king. He came as a baby. But we try to be big dog in our job. Alpha males, ego, alpha females all over the place trying to prove a point because the feminist movement, just be you. I'm not saying there ain't statements to be made in social issues. If you know me, you know how I feel about social issues. I love people, period. I believe Jesus loved people. I'm going to tell you at some point, you got to quit overcompensating and be you. Be true to who God called you to be. But what we do with Jesus says, hey, you want to really be great? Stop. 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 Jesus, that first Christmas, he came as a baby, not a king. And that was for a reason, because he was open. He was not extravagant. He was not impressive. I want you to see that. 
He wasn't impressive. He wasn't extravagant. He came as a baby, open and vulnerable to attack because he came to show us how we need to live our life in the Old Testament. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And guess what? That man came as a baby and God protected. Herod couldn't kill him. And we, but we're thirsty, man. We want it. And Jesus says, hey, you want it? You got to shift your motives. You're thirsty for, you need, I'm a words person, y'all. Sometimes I need them a lot more in seasons and you'd be surprised. A lot of people are like, I don't want to give my pastor pride. No, I get, hey, you got criticism, get in line. Tell somebody I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. You got to shift that thirst, y'all. You got to shift that thirst because the reason won't become the reason in your life until he becomes your reason. You're thirsty for promotion, power, and respect. A lot of you probably, if you hadn't read the Bible much, don't know about King David's son, Absalom. Absalom almost overtook and overthrew his daddy David's kingdom. It cost him his life, but he almost did it. And a lot of times we read stories like this or we see villain stories in our, in, our, in our world and we think they're just bad people, they're monsters. No, people lose themselves. You lose yourselves over time. And one day you have to look in the mirror and see the choices you've made, the things you've done. And there's hope, but it's hard to look because it doesn't happen overnight. And for Absalom, it didn't happen overnight. I'm sure he was hungry for something that his daddy didn't give him. He wanted that promotion, power, and respect. He wanted to be seen and taken seriously by his daddy. And at some point, little by little, he crossed a line from, I'm not going to get it from daddy, so I'm going to take it from him. And he almost did it because he was anointed like his daddy. Some of the greatest leaders that do some of the worst things, they were anointed to be leaders. They just chose not to grow. They were hungry for promotion, power, and respect. And this is how it started with Absalom. Didn't start by trying to kill his own daddy and take his kingdom. This is how it started. After this, Absalom, he was in the middle. He was just manipulating, sowing seeds of discord. Absalom bought a chariot and horses and he hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him. He got up early every morning and went out to the gate of the city. This is where his daddy would take care of kingship and handle issues among the people. When, when When people brought a case... To the king in judgment, Absalom would ask, where in Israel they were from, what tribe? There were 12 tribes and they would tell him their tribe. Then Absalom would say, you've really got a strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. I wish I were judge. You don't start out saying what you want. You start out manipulating your way to the top. I wish I were judge. Then everyone could bring their cases to me for judgment and I would give them justice that was already in route one day Absalom would go to war and his daddy would have to tuck tail and run for a season and have to and and eventually Absalom, Absalom would lose his life and what killed him was the thirst for promotion power and respect he wanted to be seen and respected. And a lot of us, you want money and title. You want the t- title doesn't mean anything without integrity. You want to be seen. You want to be noticed, man. That's our reason. Your reason isn't Jesus. Your reason is I want to serve Jesus. I want to be blessed. If the blessing is your reason, the blessing will crush you. It'll leave you wanting more. It'll never be enough. He was thirsty for it. 
Man, I know some of you got daddy and mama issues. I, I understand it. I see it all the time. But I'm going to tell you, Absalom had daddy issues. That may be a reason, but it can't be your reason. It killed him. And what we do is we're constantly, we just want to be seen. And Hey, listen to me. I understand you. I understand the thirst for wanting to be seen and noticed. Listen to me. I'm a kid with Tourette's. Not just Tourette's, I could name all these different diagnoses that over time I got and I realized, dang, how am I up here? I got overlooked so much of my life and then we, then we build this church and we move over here and we like double in size in a month pre-COVID like it was crazy. And I got to be honest with you, it felt good. Well, I spoke to the leadership at Southern Hills a few weeks back and I told them, I said, y'all, it felt too good. It'll never be enough. It was never enough. What I did is in moments when this place was starting to get packed out pre-COVID, I would sit up here and I would put more and more pressure on myself. Still trying to unteach myself some of those things. You get all the money in the world, but I'm going to tell you, it's never going to be enough money. I've seen people on their deathbed saying I got rich and it was never enough. And it felt too good. I'm so thankful that God took the rug out from under me because of COVID and all those things so that I could truly never get away from him because he is the reason. I don't want to stay thirsty because I don't want to live thirsty and I don't want to die thirsty when he is Emmanuel God with us. It'll never be enough. Even people that have all the power in the world. Y'all, the youth aren't in here. The kids should be in catechism. So I'm going to throw this out there. Read a story, not going to say his name, about a male porn star. Been a porn star my entire life. Not going to tell you his name. Doesn't matter. All I've ever heard, when I think of male porn stars, I think of this guy. Couple, couple recently, I don't know when it was, probably sometime last two years, just feels like two days ago because the the world flies every day. It's faster. It's like, psh. Joker, Joker, I'm talking about a guy who could get anything he wants, right? Pull any girl he wants. The man got arrested for multiple assault charges, rape charges. Because when you can get anything you want, the next step is to take what's not yours. And the hunger for that power and respect and to be taken seriously, it will never satisfy you. It'll never be enough. This man that literally has lived his life pulling females and been a a huge, 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 probably the most famous porn star of the last 40 years had to rape a girl, rape girls. You know why? Because it was never enough. It's never enough. It killed King David's son. King David grieved it because his son died trying to overtake his daddy because it was never enough. Never enough. Tell somebody I'm thirsty. It'll rob your life to thirst for power. It won't happen overnight, but one day you will look and you will not be recognizable. God has given you a chance right now before you lose so many blessings. Some of you, you've had years and you realize this is me. Listen to me. You can right now, he can begin to be your reason. It'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. Tell somebody one more time, say I'm thirsty. Thirsty for control. Oh my goodness, control. This is every, every human being, this is our default. We want control. We want control. We fight for it. Matter of fact, I put this little note beside it. You don't just beg for it, you manipulate to get it. 
And manipulation, you may not try to hurt people, but I'm telling you, eventually manipulation gets people hurt and you hurt. Honesty hurts. The truth will set you free, but sometimes it's going to hurt like hell first. James, the brother of Jesus, said this. It's not just a disciple. This is his brother. Half-brother, Joseph, or James, says this. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Ooh. You may not kill to get it, but you scheme to get it. All of us do because we want control. When you feel out of control, you wanna, when you have control of nothing and your world's spinning, you grasp for control of something. James says, you were jealous of what others have, but you can't get. You can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Talk about some family drama, some family war. Somebody's winning and you don't like it. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your read that with me, motives are all wrong you want only what will give you pleasure you're thirsty tell somebody right now say you're thirsty now say it with me we must say i'm thirsty we're all thirsty for something but i'm telling you he's got to be your reason control you try to control everything but you are not God, and it is pride to think that you're the one that holds everything together, your family, your marriage, your finances. As a pastor, I have had to learn I can't feel like I got to hold it together or I will lose my mind and myself in the process. But what we do is we want to be in control because we feel like if, if it can be held together without us, then we're not really important. It's pride. We control, man. So people, people rule us when they disappoint us. We want control. Listen to me. And you wonder why you have tons of anxiety. You wonder, young people, college people. They're there. I don't know why I'm saying young people. You walk in your school. You feel all this pressure to fit in. That ain't your responsibility. Your marriage is on the rocks and you're trying yourself to hold everything together. You always got a plan. If you think it takes you, I've had to find out this year that if I'm the person that holds Catalyst Church together, this thing is unhealthy and we all need to go home. But we do, and you're constantly, you have this anxiety because you want to hold it together. You want to grasp for control. So when you feel like you can't control your kids or your spouse or your boss at work, that you may be subordinate to them, but they cannot control you unless you choose it. But what we do is we control shoplifting. Most of the people at Walmart that shoplift over my years weren't broke. They were grasping for control because they felt out of control. Addicts, drinking, Using it's the if you don't feel like you can control anything, you at least want to control how much what you what you use. And you can do it in church and you can preach the gospel and you can do all the right things for the wrong reason. I'm telling you, control will kill you and it will it has crippled your life and your decision making for too long. Tell somebody, I'm tired of being thirsty. Say it like you really mean it. Say, I'm tired of being thirsty. Uh-uh. Tired of it. We want control, man. And I'm going to tell you, my brother, I've just seen what God can do when you give him control. I'm a slow learner. It took me a while. But I've seen what God can do. And when I step up here on this stage, I want in some way to preach to every person every Sunday. Give him control. 
Because I've seen what he can do when you trust him with your situation, when you trust him with your scars, when you trust him with the season, when you trust him with the shortage. I've seen what he can do. Anxiety is a control thing. Anxiety attacks, you feel out of control. Trust me, I don't just have anxiety. I have a diagnosed anxiety disorder. You don't go through what I've been through and come out without a little being a little shaky. Anxiety is a sense of I feel out of control. Yes, it's chemicals, but at the end of the day, you feel out of control. Because we want control. And I've seen what he can do, and I'm telling you, you got to get out of your own way. You have spent your life fighting against God instead of letting God fight for you. And I want you to say it with all you got right now. Say, get out of the way. Uh Uh-uh. Say it right now. Say, get out of the way. You have got to get out of your own way. I have seen what he can do when you will get out of the way. Quit staying in a room so long to feel like you can give an answer to somebody or a parent who has tried to control you for so many years. Friends, spouses, you stay there and try to prove your point because you got a point to prove that is control. And I'm telling you, I've seen it, y'all. I've seen what he can do. My brother, my brother's told me two things in two different seasons. And I want to share this with you. When I was younger, when he was a young kid, and I, you know, if you've been here long enough, you know my brother and I have a lot closer relationship than brother. My brother used to say when I was a kid, he'd say, say, you have a terrible life. You have no fun. He said, I don't want, I wouldn't want to have your life. He said, the only thing I'd want is your, your, I would want to be big like you because I'd actually do something with him because he's small. He got my mom's side. I take your 300 pounds. I do something with that. Please get out of here. I own it, baby. I'm not 300 pounds anymore, but I own it. What I do have. I own 215 like crazy now. It may be like 225 tomorrow, but still. <laughs> My brother used to tell me, he used to say, um, he used to have a, he'd tell his friends over when he was in junior high and high school, he'd say, he got a terrible life, no fun. Let me tell you what he says now. I've heard him say this several times in front of me, to me, to other people in front of me. He says, Anybody doesn't believe in God, because it literally, I just, I tear up because it's my heart for my story. It's not about me, and it becomes less and less about me. The older I get, it's about him. He's good. He says, if somebody doesn't believe in God, let them look at my brother. He's gotten everything you ever prayed for. God always comes through for him. And I can tell you that anything that I've ever trusted to him, he has come through for me. I've messed a lot of things up, but when I trust it to him, when I say, God, it's yours now, he has taken care of it. He has blessed me. He is, yes, he's, he's disciplined me. I want his discipline because I know he loves me. He wants me to live better and be better. He has come through for me. Y'all, I have been, I have been, up, in, in my life, I have been in debt up to my eyeballs trying to do the right thing and take care of everything, take care of everybody. I've been unpaid, underpaid in ministry. Taking advantage. I've, I've been through it all. And my brother's seen it. And every single time he's come through for me, y'all, I've had wires showing. Years ago, I had, a, I had wires showing on all four of my t- tires. I'm talking about like I've never seen it. It looked like, like, it looked like scars on surgery, like it was freakish. But I kept driving because most, most of that was done by doing ministry. And the church I was serving at at that time didn't have the money to pay me. I didn't have the money because I, was, I had a lot of responsibility. Bible college, Walmart, taking care of my... I just had a lot of things. Wires. 
And it just so happened that a person that loved me walked by my car in the Walmart parking lot. Don't say just so happened. It was God when you get out of your own way. Wrote me a check. Oil prices were very high then. For my truck wrote it, I remember the number $638. You're my pastor. It's my responsibility. I didn't have it. Two weeks later, a huge snow happened here. I had to drive in the snow. I didn't have any choice. That was God. There was a time, man, I, I went to, I had to, my truck, I graduated Bible college. You know, I'm already serving in ministry, working two jobs to serve. And, I, and, I, and, and my car went out because I, I got my, my first car, or my car in college had a leak everywhere. I'd fill everything up just to drive to Bible college in Lithonia. <laughs> Finally had to get another one. Thing died. And I go, I get a tax return for buying my house. At that time, I, had, I, I bought the house I was raising. Like I said, God always came through. I go to pay for my truck, like with the tax return. Just so happens, I probably shouldn't say this, he'd be mad, but my uncle showed up and he said, your truck is paid for. Every time I could go on and on and on and on and on. When you trust him with it, when you get out of your way and quit fighting for control and you begin to trust him and be faithful, but let him fight for you. He will come through for you. I guarantee it. They told me in high school and honestly, they were right. They were right. They said, you shouldn't go to college. You can't, you, you just, it's, it's a bad decision. You really can't. They were right. Nine years and three degrees later, it took me a lot longer than most people, but God got it when I got out of the way of it. I could go on and on and on. Single pastor, single. I'm telling you, try to do, go through your 20s being single and pastoring. The people that try to play match. I could get up here at my old church and say, I don't want to date your cousin. And they're going to come at me, try to get me to date their cousin. <laughs> Opinions, you're never going to date. I literally take words like, hey, you're never going to get anybody because you're not doing this. And you need to put yourself out there and do this and do this. And, and I'm telling you, you're not doing it right. You need to try. You're shy. You're never going to get anything. Guess what? I got mine. Angie was my first kiss. I ain't ashamed of it. She was my first everything. I waited. I'd wait all over again because he took care of me when I released it and I was faithful. You know what I was doing in my 20s? I wasn't dating. I was traveling all over the state and Alabama too preaching. God was developing something inside of me that it would explode and would continue to explode. He took care of me and he doesn't just take care of pastors. He takes care of people. You just got to quit fighting for control. You got to stop. We start Catalyst in 2017. Oh, man. Anybody doesn't know we started in that old... You ever look at Little Caesars? The corner there, that was our spot. It's the axe throwing place now. If you really want to think of something crazy, Mother's Day 2018 started, like I said, almost coming up on five years. The corner of Little Caesars put 200 people in there on Mother's Day 2018. God just happened to put Southern Hills, long story, supernatural story. They saw us. We moved over here July 2018. I'm, I, all I can tell you, they leased this to us, this entire facility. They leased it for not much more than we were paying for that little 4,600 square feet space. The floor space is bigger than that entire spot. Right here, the floor space you're sitting. We come over here, boom, a month. I mean, we're just busting out the seams. 
13 months later, we buy this place. And I'm telling you, we still couldn't come close to affording this. No down payment. They sold it to us for not nearly what it's worth. They helped us. Solomon Foundation, they hooked it. I'm talking to them tomorrow on the phone. They got us, man. They take care of me. They're the reason we're going next May. They're, ta- they're sending me and Angie on a trip because they want to reward us because they said most churches aren't even adding new people in this country right now. You just keep being faithful. That all happened because God takes care of his people when you will get out of the way. 2020, 2020 happened, COVID, 19, 20, 2021. I don't care if it's 2027. Uh, hell, the world went through hell. We went through hell. Transi- transition, people, people struggling. It's been a season. But God, what he's done in this place throughout it all, he is in it. And when you will give him control and get out of the way, and when he becomes your reason, not your agenda, not your conditions, not your dreams, hey, pray, son, stand still prayers, but give them to him. Because control will cripple your entire life. And God, what he did for me, he'll do for you. What he did for me, he'll do for you. Because God is no respecter of persons. The Bible says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of faith. He didn't do it for me because he knew I was going to preach. He loves you so much. But he is not going to fight you for control. He is not going to fight you for control. I told y'all, or excuse me, last week I, last week I, um, I told y'all to, I challenge y'all to go home and take communion with your families, talk about what you're grateful for. I'm going to be doing that, a lot of that for the, uh, hopefully all the way through next year. I want to give you opportunities to take God up on what we're doing because Sundays aren't enough. You see that new picture out there? Sundays in the lobby, Sundays are not enough. If this is the best you get, it's the best you're going to get. God wants to connect with you, not you through me. I can start the conversation. This worship, we can connect you, but you draw close. So I challenge you. I want to give you things to take up on. Take him up on every day. So here's another one. Angie and I are believing God for big things. We always have. And we know. By the way, just so y'all know, I don't know if I told you this earlier. So he gave me a truck. Angie and I have already, we've been able to, over the years to give several vehicles away. Because that's who we are. He's been so good to us. I want other people to see how good he is. So we, when we trust God, we, want him, we trust him and we want God to do big things. So we, we, we believe in trusting him with the situation in every part of our life, not just in every part. So I read about this week. I've always seen it. If I'm stupid, I'm sorry if you knew what this is, but Giving Tuesday, um, I read about it. It's actually not even a church thing, man. It's, a, um, it's, a, it's like a countrywide challenge generosity because we're a blessed country, nonprofits. So what Angie and I are going to do you can take us up on it or not. Uh, we're, you can join us not. I've already, I got two offering checks in my wallet today because I'm giving a donation above and beyond uh, our normal giving to my favorite nonprofit, what God is doing here. Amen. Because I trust him. And some of you were like, well, you're in a better spot. I did this stuff. I gave over 10% when I was broke. Part of my student loans, I promise you, are things like the checks I gave to the church. Not this one. Long before I got paid by church. And so if you want to trust him, take him up on him.
Because if you'll start trusting him with every part, finances, your marriage, quit trying to prove your point, quit trying to be seen at work. If you'll trust him, you watch what he does. He'll come through because when he becomes your reason, control doesn't become your reason. Tell somebody, I don't want to be thirsty anymore. I don't want to be thirsty anymore, man. I don't want to be thirsty. And here's the thing. You stay thirsty because you're thirsty for the wrong thing. Isaiah, Isaiah 55. The prophet Isaiah says this so beautifully. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come and take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. His love is free, y'all. His presence is free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Other people's attention that doesn't give you strength. Trying to prove yourself to your spouse and your supervisor, they won't give you strength. Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. This is the prophet Isaiah, man. He's spitting it right here. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Then I will give you all the unfailing love that I promised to David. When he wrote this in the Old Testament, they heard him said, oh my gosh, he wants to do for us what he did for King David. And if you know King David's story, it is messed up. That's what they heard. And that is the hope of Christmas. But he's got to be your reason. He's got to be your reward, guys. Because he's your gift. He's your reward. The gifts he's gives you can't be your reason. My first, tell you one more story, I'm done. My first year married to Angie. You know, I... Beautiful, man. Got the biggest blessing. I mean, I'm talking about still the biggest blessing. God gave me everything I could want and more. You know, I walked off the stage, went from a single man to a, to a wife and a, 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 a bonus dad. Dad of two. I mean, four. Why don't I say two? Four. I love all y'all. Don't even want to hear you crap. And um, put a lot of pressure on myself. And I remember the first Father's Day. I got married April 4th. First Father's Day, you know, end of June. It's just a heavy day. I'm at work. I'm eating at the Green Tomato Buffet with Steve Shoemaker. Steve, if you hear this, I love you, brother. You'll always mean so much to me. I'm eating. We're on lunch break. I'm working at Walmart then. It's a heavy day. Angie's texting me. She's struggling because Sarah, baby girl, is upstairs writing a song to her dad for Father's Day. Y'all know baby girl plays keys. And I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm on my lunch break getting to read all these texts and it just tears me up. We're about to go into, you know, we're about to go into Father's Day weekend. And uh, I remember just feeling, you know, you let the insecurities get in your head because the person I preached to you today, I'm, I've had to practice and grow in a lot of things. And I began thinking, and you know how insecurities work, I began to thinking if I can't, help them and bring them healing if I can't make them happy if I can't be what they need then I'm a silver medalist and they deserve more and I didn't just think that I told Steve that right across the table went back worked my last half a day 
I remember getting to car at Walmart and I would park in the back, right? I, know, I don't care about walking. All these people like to walk, so don't like walking. I'm like, man, save time and put park in the back, walk. Burn some calories too. It's extra. I just get in the car and I remember just bawling because it hit me. My entire life, he's always been my reward, my reason. He's always come through and I finally get this huge blessing. Everything I could ever want and more. And I realized, man, it can't be my reason. It can't be my reason or it it will crush me. And I remember just bawling and in repentance saying, Jesus, I'm so sorry. You are my reward. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed, Lord. I'm sorry. I repent because it was pride. Waited and got to go home. And I I still tear up going home. I love what I go home to. None of y'all can. Nobody can ruin my day when I go home to them. But that can't be my reason. And I remember just bawling and lifting my arms before I even left the Walmart parking lot saying, Jesus, I repent. You were my reward. You were my reason. Lord, I am so sorry that I am sitting here with this mindset after all you've done for me and all you've shown. And a song hit me that came out the year my dad passed away and I had to preach his funeral. And you guys have heard parts of that story. A song by Christian Stanfield called My Reward. And I turned it on and I just lifted it and I began to just pray in the spirit and bawl. Before I went home to to my family, I began to just bawl like a baby. And the song goes like this. The words go, you are my reward. All I'm living for. I surrender all my life to you. All consuming fire. You are my desire. No one else will do. I surrender all my life to you. And all the way home, I sobbed like a baby. I'm talking about I hadn't bawled like that in years. And I just said, Lord, I repent. Forgive me, Father. You are my reason. I don't want to be one of those jokers that get caught up in their blessing and they miss the giver of blessings. You, nothing has changed, Father. Nothing has changed. And earlier this year, when I had to really look at our church, because let's face it, when you get open several years, you have a tendency to get complacent. And I got it. We got it. And I remember just bawling at the beginning of this year to this same song saying, Father, I'm sorry. This mattered too much to me. Success mattered too much to me. How many people received from me mattered too much to me. Tourette's, all of it. You made me, Lord. You were my reason. And I began to just pray it. And I sang this song again. If he cannot be the reason until he's your he, you got to make him your reason. Or you're going to stay thirsty. You're going to stay thirsty. You're going to live thirsty. Generational curses, and cho- which are really just generational choices, are going to grow stronger in your kids. And if you think it's breaking your heart now, wait till you watch your kids repeat the patterns that you have chosen to stay in because he's not your reason. You can love Jesus, with, but until he's your reason, your life will not change. Debt will grow deeper until you begin to change the patterns in your spending habits and quit getting in debt trying to live an American dream that is not a dream, that is not the gospel. You're holding. It's only your momentum is going to wane. Your energy is going to grow weaker, not stronger. He's got to be your reason. 
I know some of you love the Lord, but it's time to come back home. You may, have ne- you may need to remake him your reason again. But I'm telling you, you've got to make him your reason. The prodigal son already knew his daddy, but he had to come back home to him. Jesus said, whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. I know I probably got, there's enough people in here. I'm not speaking for the Lord. I'm speaking statistical facts. There's somebody in here that you're thinking about taking your own life. Hold on, you actually are considering and in your mind, you're believing a lie that when you, if you killed yourself, that your people may grieve, but once they're done grieving, they'll be better off without you. That is a lie that is coming to you because of thirsty and starvation. And it is a lie. It is time to make him your reason. You may have been in church your whole life. It's time to begin to make him your reason. You gotten blessed or you've gotten blindsided. Make him your reason. Because this Christmas season is for real. It is for real. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at IamCatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you. We care about you. And we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.